Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey guys, brand new BirdCast, and I got two interviews on here. I'm going to start off real quick with an interview I just did over the phone with my buddy Sean Evans. Sean Evans is the host of Hot Ones on the First We Feast channel on YouTube for Complex Magazine. Uh, I've done that show. It is where you eat 10 progressively hotter wings. He's got fantastic guests. I'll run through a list of the guests real quick, but uh, it looks like that show has been stolen uh, from apparently a show in Australia has taken it and used it as a segment in their show, which I feel is plagiarism, and it got me really upset last night. And I got too drunk to do this intro, or or I would have posted this last night, but it looks like it's, I don't know. I did an interview with Sean, and I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, If you haven't seen Hot Ones, I would say go in and watch it real quick. It is fucking awesome. I've been a fan of the show since day one. I was lucky enough to do the show. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done on the internet, ever. And his guest list is like... It's right up my alley. It's Riff Raff, Jeff Ross, DJ Khalid, the RZA, Eric Andre, Joe Budden. Eddie Wong is a great one. And so as you eat the wings, you kind of melt down and you kind of, it's like truth serum. You really see a side of these people that you'd never get to see. I absolutely love it. David Cross is a fucking gangster. He murdered him. Gronk, he's got Gronk on there. It's hip hop stars, it's comics. It's athletes, and it's fucking amazing, and Sean is one of the best interviewers. But regardless, I wanted to share with you real quick my interview with Sean regarding the thievery of his show Hot Ones by Fox Sports Australia's The Burning Questions. Holy shit, man. What happened? Uh, Well, you know, like, people tweet me or, like, get at me all the time about stuff. Like, did you see this? Did you see that? You know what I mean? And you never really take it too seriously because, like, you know, it's the internet. People eat hot food. You know what I mean? Not everything is a ripoff. You yeah. know, like, it's not like I, like, investigate everything all the time. But uh, this, like, rugby, like, the other rugby show or whatever kept, like, coming up on Twitter. People kept, like, being, like, whatever. And then it got to a point where, like, people were tweeting at me, like, your show's a ripoff of the other rugby show. And I was like, what? And then I was like, all right, I got to look into this. And then I'm watching it, and I just see this, like, meathead dude basically doing a B version of me, even the intro. And the thing about hot ones intro is it's the worst thing about the show. My intro totally sucks. And this guy even was trying to steal that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was, it was great because I could tell that he was trying to like do the hot ones thing, do the deep referential questions, the offbeat questions, but they're so stupid. Like they're so dumb at Fox sports Australia that he would just be like, so how did you get into rugby? But he would ask it in like a real probing sort of like Frost versus Nixon way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is egregious. They even had Blair's Mega Death Sauce with Liquid Rage. Dude, you know it, what had, I mean? it, had, then, it had a bunch of your sauce. The sauces you use, I watched one episode and it had three of the sauces you use. 
I know. I'm like, are you? T- I'm like, dude. Like, are you? Do you think that we don't have fans? Like, you think this is like you can just do this in Australia and it's not going to get back to us? Like, the internet is just an even playing field. Like, that's all going to get back. And then it drove me nuts because this is what happens. You know, like people rip us off, right? And they make this horrible version of what we do. So I just want to say that to everyone out there: if you're going to rip off our show from here on out, the Fine Bros. Fox Fox Sports Australia, whoever, make it fucking good. It's always the lamest, cheesiest, shittiest product. And I'm just looking at it. And, of course, they all have sponsors and a bigger budget than we do just ripping off our show. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Bert? Dude, let me tell you something. I I tried to do four or five intros last night for this podcast uh, referencing it. And I got so – I would get so angry – and and I was drunk, so it just kept spiraling out. And but the thing was, when you get stolen from, is it it makes it makes you look like the thief number one because some people don't right, know. Right, they catch that one people first. People don't know, and then all of a sudden they're tweeting at you and they're like, "Hey man, you stole this show," which is the most frustrating thing because it takes away it takes away all the all the hard work, all the the suffering you do to get a product out to the masses, the moment you have where you're like, wow, this is taking off, the pride you have when someone spots you in the street and goes, hey, man, all those moments you have of making something great, when someone steals it, it's almost like they're di- diminished. Yeah, exactly. And, Bert, you know this. Like, when you have an idea, you start shopping it for TV. You start meeting with these different networks and stuff. And I already look like such a fucking psychopath trying to explain this show where we interview celebrities and make them eat violently hot chicken wings. Like I already look crazy enough when the market isn't giving like 10 different crazy shows, like 10 different, like shitty, crazy versions of our show. You know what I mean? So people just be like, Oh, I saw the fine bros do that. Or I saw Fox sports, Australia do that. It was lame. You know what I mean? Like it just, it undercuts you like it every way. And then I think what pissed me off the most is I was watching this clip and there are all these like dorky, lurchy fucking rugby dudes and they're like we're always pushing the envelope here and so now this is our crazy show and i'm like your show's not fucking crazy bert doesn't have his shirt off dry heaving on the table like your show's not fucking crazy you have such a dad trying to be cool version of our show it makes me want to throw up it's not complex fuck fox sports australia that's what i gotta say fuck fox sports australia yeah I, i i it was so frustrating because it, you know what it was like? It was like, I, this is going to sound l- a little too, <laughs> maybe not the right analogy, but it's like everyone in the yearbook room uh, or in the video room at, at high school has an inside joke that makes them laugh hysterically. And one day, right. the fucking rugby team walked by, heard it, and bastardized it. And now you can't enjoy your inside joke because the rugby guys are doing it and punch each other in the dicks. I know. They made it not cool anymore. I don't even want to do hot ones anymore. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really frustrating because and, – and they put a laugh track in it. That's what killed me. Dude, I was like, what did you guys even do to this? Like, what did you even do to this show? What did you even do to our show? Why did you do it like this? But whatever. I, I, I whatever. Was, what are I you going to do? I was infuriated. No, no. I was like, did you see my tweet last night? Fox Sports Australia producer. No, our show's totally different. Our guy sits camera right. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was like almost the only difference. And here's what I'm going to say, Bert, and this is going to be a controversial stance, but I like hot ones with a longer runtime and a less handsome host. I think that's what makes it. You know uh, what I mean? Let me tell you something. You're the sleeper. That the, you you were the most <laughs> lovable part of that show because yeah, they could get a great looking, handsome guy. They could get a big fat guy like a like a big Artie Lang, and then that's the catch. Yeah. But you got you, you got you, a half ass Eminem, and you, and, <laughs> and, you're, and you're and you're. But the thing that's engaging about the show is how much you care about the guests, how much you care about hip-hop about comedy how much research you do and that is when when halfway through the show you're like oh no one else could host this because this guy's asking insightful questions that i've always wanted the answers to thank you bert this makes me feel better this makes me feel better i love you buddy thank oh, the, you for yeah, saying these things this, this, the, i mean i watched the show and i was like and in my head i was like you know hey man this uh I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm I'm certain there was a young producer who saw your show in Australia, and he just said, I got an idea and pitched it in the room, and they're like, we fucking love it. And he was like, well, you know, it's got to be a three-minute segment, so we'll just do five wings. I mean, he just pulled way too closely from it. And now and now they've scrubbed it from the internet, I guess. Yeah, like all the links. That, like, But they have to. I mean, Fox Sports ain't some YouTube channel. You know what I mean? They got it like... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen from here, but, like, Jesus. Like, good Lord. I and I, I, what I don't get is they're so stupid. They're so stupid because you can just change, I, don't, I mean, whatever. Like, just they just did exactly our show, but it was just so bad because <laughs> there's no self-awareness there was, whatsoever. There was no, there was no insightfulness in the thievery. I mean, come on. No, I, At least be original in your stealing. <laughs> And I'm always like this. Listen, there are a lot of flaws in our show. Like, if you wanted to rip it off and make it better, you could. But they seem to even, like, use the parts of our show that suck. Like, they, like the set was just still, like, a sloppy Wayne's World interrogation room. Yeah. My intro, like I said, he's trying to, like, do the intro, like, the way he asked the questions. I'm like, bro, don't rip me off. Like, I'm not even a good person to rip off. Rip off Ryan Seacrest. Like, I'm fucking flawed. I'm not, like, a real TV guy. You know what I mean? Rip <laughs> off somebody else. <laughs> like, just for just for the sake of your career and being able to, like, move up and get money and shit. Like, don't rip me off. It's like, I've it's like someone... window air conditioning in a 600-square-foot apartment. Like, don't rip me off. I'm not a good gauge on where you should go in this business. How hard was it to fall asleep last night? I just, uh, you know what? five bong reps and I'm out. So that was just, I came home. <laughs> I came, I came home, just lit it up. And then I was just like, boom, out until about eight thirty this morning. Oh, that is so hilarious. Oh God. I, yeah, I, I, cause I got steamed, man. The second I saw it, I lit up. I, I, maybe I'll send you a link to all the, all the intros I did. One of the intros was like, was like, cause my wife's like, listen, listen, you're coming off very negative. Like, you just, just, <laughs> she goes, just for, just for argument's sake, do one read that is a tad bit more even keeled. And I go, guys, just everyone check out Hot Ones and the Burning Question and see if there's similarities. Listen, you never know. It is very, very possible that, that Sean traveled to, to Australia two years ago. Overheard two junior producers talking about a segment they were going to air in three years. 
And then Sean raced back to the States and started his own show. Only to find out that by the time the show had been ready to be born, all this, you know, I was like, that, and I'm, I fucking, I just went off. I could not stop. And I was drunk. And you know that those morons thought they nailed it with the burning questions title, too. Like, oh. if that is the name of the show, you know that they were high fiving in that meeting. Like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that is so, God damn it, man. And then I, and then I just had dreams about thievery all night. Bert, I appreciate this, man. Thanks for having my back. Oh, you know I got your back. And I do want to say that, you know, like we kind of, we always make the show like me and Chris Schoenberger, like the only, you know, like, and like, you know, and Chris and all these people who work on it is just like, it's just us that's going to see it. You know, that's kind of how we make this show. We never even like kind of, we always like, we think about our fans, but we never like think that they're like there for us and riding for us until a situation like this. And I'm just like kind of tweeting at the guy, like and doing this shit, like not thinking it'll drum something up. But that was like awesome to see. It was like all these fans coming out of the woodwork and like really supporting the show and riding with it. I felt like uh, Mel Gibson and Braveheart or something at one point. It was pretty awesome. I thought you were going to say Mel Gibson getting pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like everybody riding. It was awesome. Mel Gibson, by the way, would be yeah, a great I mean, not hot, hot time, ones but... guest. If you can get Mel Gibson on, I would fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, uh, b- uh, by the way, and as soon as this started going, like w- in what I call, I say viral. I use the term viral very loosely. I use the same viral, the term viral, the same way someone who's watching the real world calls it a documentary. So, right, right. Uh, but I, I looked at it and then I was like, I was like, oh, this is, and I just started hammering tweets. I even wrote some and saved <laughs> them because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to flood my timeline. I'll wait. And then I saw, I was like, oh, my God, he he's only has 9,000 followers on Twitter. I was like, this needs to grow. So, everyone, you can follow <laughs> Sean. You can follow Sean at Sean S. Evans at Twitter. Sean C. Evans, like Baltic C. Like Sean, S-E-A-N-S-E-A-E-V-A-N-S. But whatever. I kind of like being in the shadows. I like being under the radar. I like that our show is kind of an underdog show. But to everybody out there, like, you rip it off, Hot Ones Hive is going to seek vengeance yeah now you gotta name remember your, that you gotta name your warriors <laughs> yeah the cast, yeah let cast. that serve as let this serve as a warning to everyone out there yeah um who uh the the uh the one that you just came out with jay farrow was fantastic thank you bird i appreciate did that you, did you feel like fucking that? carried it did you feel like that sitting across from him as he's doing the impressions you're like uh this is gonna go viral i mean i was just kind of like he's so talented you know what yeah. i mean you're kind of in awe of it it's hypnotizing because it doesn't it's the thing about jay farrow is the voice is always perfect and he has such incredible range you can go from smeagol to denzel washington with his mouth on fire from hot sauce yeah in like nothing you know what i mean it's pretty crazy to see and it was just mesmerizing to sit across from and quite frankly i think a little bit of the energy is lost in the edit like if you were in that room or sitting across from him from the table it's really special it's like something i'll remember that. I don't know what I'll remember longer, you with your shirt off, sweating, Dude, nearly I've puking more, on the table. I've or more compliments a... from that fucking interview than anything I've ever done. I mean, yeah, well, I, my Google that's Trends. That's the hot one's different. My Google Trends spiked. The, uh, who, who do you guys have coming up uh, in, in the future? Uh, well, Bert, I, I, we got we got some crazy things in the works, but I don't want to I don't want to put them out in the world because I don't want it to not happen. But we have some like bananas things. But 
I don't know when this is coming out. Next week, though, we have me and Chili Klaus eating the Reaper Part 2. Shut the fuck up. Yes. Mike drop. So on Tuesday, me and Chili Klaus, Chili Klaus came to New York City. We ate another Reaper. It's a fucking outrageous video. So that's coming up next week and then um you know harley morenstein from epic meal time uh very well yeah he was on my podcast yeah yeah so harley did an episode i did his show he did my show he did like the switcheroo yeah so um his episode comes out on thursday and then we have chili klaus on tuesday we're just giving the fans what they want very exciting times here we're here it's an international incident that we're like in in the in the foxhole right now taking fire returning fire and then next week dropping chili klaus drop dropping harley and we have like some some crazy things lined up. I'm excited, man. That Chili Klaus, where you guys ate that pepper the first time, is one of the fucking, one of the greatest videos because you he starts hiccuping and itching his ears and you shut down. I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> well, you know why he was like snapping? Here's a, little, here's a little insider fun fact. He was snapping because when he was dying off the Reaper, he was kind of like losing his senses. And he was like kind of, in fear that he was going deaf, so he was snapping to remind himself that he wasn't losing his hearing. Holy so fuck! That's a little, little, little chilly class fun fact right there. I got to tell you, by the way, I've been I've been on a uh, on a wings run since we did that, and I bought da bomb, and I use that now yeah. as my as one of my spices. Are you kind of uh, are you kind of like? opening yourself up eating more hot food pushing I, yourself a little bit more i've gotten hardcore i take the bomb and what i do is i i put it in stuff and i dilute it so i'll take frank's hot ones yeah. frank's uh frank's hot sauce whatever that is and i'll mm-hmm. i'll use my sauce but i'll use the bomb to flavor frank's that's cool yeah, yeah. there you go that's well, that's some that's that's the hot ones difference Bert. Oh, i'm telling you and i love your hot sauce you can get your hot sauce hot ones hot sauce it's still in my fridge um so this so i'm gonna air this today this is saturday i'm watching florida state lose to louisville right now and uh, 21 10 i'm watching it too Bert. what's up with your seminoles god damn it we should have gotten that kid the quarterback from louisville um <laughs> And uh, and then uh, Tuesday, Chili Klaus. Thursday, Harley Morenstein. Dude, I'm so glad that this boat is at least righted for the moment. If anything happens, feel free. My podcast is your voice. I love your show. I will do everything I can to support your show and get more viewers. Um, and I'll do a little intro for this. But uh, like I said in the intro, it is fantastic. If you're into the shit I'm into, hip-hop, comedy, sports, it's fu- it is, it is uh, I'm telling you, it's my mecca. Appreciate it, Bert. Love you, man. I love you too, Sean. Good luck. I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Bye. Awesome. All right, guys. Do you ever feel that you're having a hard time choosing between price and quality to get an amazing, affordable shave? DollarShaveClub.com has the answers to prove how amazing their shave really is. Right now, they're going to give you your first month free to join the club. We all love a close shave. DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing razors right to my front door for a third of the price of what these greedy razor corporations charge. Seriously, I have no reason to deal with the drugstore and the hassle that comes along with the drugstore and the long lines that comes with the drugstore and the person who decides to grab Fritos, which are actually behind them in line and behind you in line while they go to check out. You don't have to go over to that, 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 that 
little razor fortress they've got where can you please unlock the razors because apparently people are stealing razors because they can move them on the free market pretty quickly. And now you won't have to deal with it. I don't deal with it. You don't deal with it. When you join Dollar Shave Club, just go to dollarshaveclub.com, pick up a, pick a razor that works for you from their amazing lineup of blades. That's all there is to it. Me, personally, I get a first-class shave when I use the executive blade. And when I use their Dr. Carver shave butter, oh, the blade just gently glides for the smoothest shave ever. With Dollar Shave Club, you got a, a, a nice, tight, like almost military, clean, that model. Like you ever see the models and you're like, how do their face get so smooth? You get that. And you smell like a million bucks without paying for it. Here's your chance to see why over 3 million members, just like me, love Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all their products that now you can get their first month for free. Just pay shipping. That's it. That's all. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment. No hidden fees. No reason not to do it. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash BurtCast. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash BurtCast. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. That's right, guys. You too can have a clean shave and just go to dollarshaveclub.com slash broadcast. All right, let's start the podcast. Today's guest is someone that I had heard of a million times. I knew of a million times because if you're like me, you're a fan of the Rogan podcast and Rogan kept talking about how hilarious this person was and how great it was that they were doing stand-up and how excited he was for them. And that's all I really knew. I didn't know much about her life, uh, to be dead honest with you, until I did this podcast. And I, and I, I don't know if I say this in the podcast, but I, I had a finite amount of time because I had an, uh, a meeting I had to run to. And in my head, I thought, you know, an hour and a half will be fine. But it was not fine. It was, and I got, I'm scheduling another podcast with her because the conversation was so fucking seamless, so easy, so not rushed and I wanted to talk to her more, and I'm going to do that again. I didn't know anything about her, and now I know everything about her, but I knew enough about her to be her friend. Like, I could hang out with her, and then I was like, holy shit, you're not someone who drops names or or, or fuck. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's got an amazing story, and uh, and she was. I was lucky enough to have her as my guest. She is absolutely hilarious. Oh, what's so funny is I do the podcast with her yesterday, and... Uh, and last night I'm looking for a movie. I'm looking for a movie for the girls. They've got a sleepover, so they got. And you know we're living in two rooms, so all the girls are in my bed eating pizza, and I'm sitting in the lazy boy, and I'm flipping through, and I see Dice's Andrew Dice Clay's Down and Dirty or something, and I'm like, in my head I'm like, oh, click on to see uh, uh, Norton or um, Florentine or someone that I like for a second and get my moment of entertainment before I have to watch, you know, some crappy Teen Titans Go. And I click on it, and it's, it's, my, it's my guest. Ladies and gentlemen, I watched her set last night. She is fucking fantastic. And it was not friendly for the It was not child-friendly for the girls. But that's the kind of comedy I love. Please put your hands together for Eleanor Kerrigan. This is Cast. Here, talking that mic. This one that's here? number two. Oh, look how it is set up with the... I didn't even notice it. 
Fucking hello. Look up these papers. Oh, that's Isla's homework, I'm sure. Oh, no, that's Anthony Kiedis' book. Oh, I don't know what go. that is. That's a flashlight that I used to get back to the man cave last night. Okay. <laughs> I threw a temper tantrum. Oh. Uh, talking your mic? Do you do that a lot? Is uh, that yeah. good? I you had some real breakthrough. I'm a bad temper person. I had a, I had a breakthrough uh, last night. About? <clears throat> I, I was having an asthma attack. So you have asthma room. on top of allergies? I have asthma and allergies, but it's allergy-induced asthma. So, oh, oh, okay. So they did the final demo, which was the girls' bedroom, uh-huh. but it connects to the bathroom, and it just flooded with uh, all the all – the, god damn it. The, it's a new addition to the to – the, <laughs> to the uh, – to the podcast is the phone ring my wife put it back here it's been great uh the girls want to do prank phone calls so anyway so they tear it down all the all the uh insulation goes into the house i come home from a meeting a little buzzed and uh start watching deadwood and i just stop i literally stop breathing like not stop breathing but i i can't tell well it's asthma it does feel like asthma but it's not it's not like it's just tightness. Yeah, but it but feels it, like it's not coming back. But instead like of like, gonna... I feel like I acted up a tad bit. Like oh. I feel like I took it to the next level where it didn't need to be there, almost to punish my wife for a reason she doesn't need to be punished because of this addition. Right. And and then I come back to the man cave. <coughs> she sets up a bed for me back here. I open a bottle, another bottle of wine, <laughs> and I sit down and I go, I'm like, how much of this? Like, do I need to go to the hospital? No. How much of this could, is manageable? If I was single. Would any of this come out? Right. If it was just me, would I throw this temper tantrum? If I didn't have an audience right now, where would I be? And I was like, whoa. I was like, motherfucker. And then I was like, and I had a really good meeting last night. And I was like, am I self-sabotaging? Because this looks like a lot like sabotage. Ah. And so. Do you do that as well? I never thought I did. I knew a guy who self-sabotaged a comic. Mm -hmm. I won't say his name. I watched him do it a couple times. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why would he do that? He's getting an opportunity. Why would he do that? So many people do it's it because we're so much more comfortable with failure. Like we, when ah. we tell me what you said. It, I feel this. We we were texting the other night about the OR. Oh yeah, and it's like <laughs> Bobby Lee ha- doesn't have a bad set, okay. but he says he has a bad set, and then it convinces me the room's bad. Like he's like on stage. He's like, "Oh, what's wrong with you guys?" But he's really doing great. But that's Bobby. You know, he's never going to see he does great. Yeah, he. Yeah, a lot of comics do that. Like, you're not giving me the response I want. Because after you, Jesselneck was doing it. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, they are. They were. They were tight. I can't say they weren't. They were tight, but I could loosen them up. Sure. <clears throat> Rogan talked, said a phrase one time. It's a wrestling term. I couldn't get him over. I couldn't get over on him. Get, get over on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I thought that was such an interesting phrase because I could get over on him a couple times. I was working on a new bit, which is ah. my mistake. But but it's all it's but the that's art what form. you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do in the that's OR. Absolutely, no what you're supposed to go that's up what in it's the built OR. There for. So wait. So as you know, I'm very new to the comedy store, which I love. I'm very excited I'm, about this. And can I tell you, it's it's maybe the highlight of my career. Are you kidding? That's I'm beautiful. Being, that's amazing. I mean, I've got highlights. The Letterman was a big time yeah. highlight. Uh, being on TV, the first time seeing myself on TV that I didn't expect to see myself on TV, that was like a benchmark. A lot of TV shows, I like, working for Travel Channel has been a blessing. I love that. That's awesome. That- However, getting past at the comedy store was like, was like, 
that was legit. I, I earned it. I'm somewhere. They want me. Approval. All that shit. Because it's it, no easy task. It's not an easy task. There's so many comics. There's so many great <laughs> comics. Great comics, too. That's the thing. Like People are like, oh, it's oversaturated with shit comics. And I'm like, eh. But there's a lot of great ones. So, so for anyone who's not in the know, you started at the comedy store as a waitress yeah. in like 92? 93. 93. And then I was Mitzi's personal assistant for like five or six years. As well as waiting tables because I but told her. But, but in, a, in a, a weird kind of flip, and by, by, I, this it may be just folklore or guys talking behind your back about you or what I know about you. But like you I'm were sure. in – like you were like drenched in the comedy business. Oh, absolutely. But I didn't want to be a comic. Is that weird? Like I, like the other night Paulie Shore did our podcast at the comedy store and he was like, dude, I got questions for you. And I'm like, all right. And I, I couldn't imagine because we used to fight like cats and dogs when I worked for his mom. So I was like, shit, what's he going to say? You know? Yeah. And he was like, you know, it's weird for me to see you as a comic. Right. And I was like, OK, is that a question? Like, I didn't understand. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, no, I'm saying, but you got good fast because you went to the best college. And I was like, I always say that, like. I grew up at the comedy store. My adult life was at the comedy store. I was doing plays and for a while was a wrestler, actually, uh, for Wow Women of Wrestling because Rogan made me go to this stupid audition. Really? Um, (laughs) I can't say Joe made me go, but we were goofing in the kitchen the night before, and I was like, I don't want to be a wrestler. And then we started coming up with characters. There was a bunch of people in there. Yeah. Uh, you know how we hang in the kitchen, kind of. Yeah. And we didn't have that back bar back then. So it was just like, this was What like, was that back bar back then? Uh, it was a video room. So we used to go in there and um, Mitzi had footage of like, she has some killer footage. One of my favorites, like I saw your Kinnison thing here. One of my favorite things I found in her house when I was helping her with stuff, because she wanted me to help her write a book. And I was like, wait a minute. I can barely read a book. Uh, you should probably get somebody. <laughs> By the way, you don't need to know how to write, read it to write one. I, I wrote one. <laughs> But don't you feel like uh, no. you should get somebody a little better? To, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, do Am you I get getting help? this job because yeah. I'm next to you? Yeah. I don't know how to conjugate a verb. Should I, I not tell anyone about this offer? Because <laughs> this offer sounds really good. But uh. that's how I felt. I was like, shit, I don't know. But then what she wanted was like a coffee table book. Yeah. So it was ma- basically pictures and little that would stories, be cool shit. little snippets about – because she owned um, – the comedy store in the Dunes Hotel in Vegas. So then we found all this, these tapes of comics she would book in Dunes in Vegas. And it was Kinnison and it was Dice and they were young and they were <laughs> – she has all of it, all of it on audio perfectly. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's Argus Hamilton. There's great com- – yeah. that have been there for years. Angel Salazar. Like it's just Sandra Bernhardt, Roseanne Ball. All of them were – that was their bread and butter getting booked – at the La Jolla Comedy Store or the Dunes, you know, that's where you made money. So wait, so wait, you grew up in Philly. I grew up in South Philly. Yeah. Where? 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 Uh, right by right by Vet Stadium. Really? Probably like a mile away. <laughs> okay, my whole family's from Philly. Are you kidding? My whole family's from I Philly. I love that. Um, <clears throat> Bryn Mawr, the main line. What the fuck? Sure. Um, Bryn Mawr in the main line. Are you Jewish? No. Oh, I was gonna say we keep them over there on the main line. No, no, no. That <laughs> just. This, I'm just going to turn our phone on and let it be off the hook for the morning. Uh, 
Yeah, you know what? All right. Well, maybe we should help the girls make prank calls or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, wait till I tell you. I'll tell you off. Okay. I have, but wait. So they're in Bryn Mawr. Okay, that's nice areas. Um, main line. Yeah, main line. My my grandmother, my nana had a uh, um had a I I'm guessing maybe twenty acres next to St. David's and Valley Forge. Wow. And it was wow. all that area and she had a big mansion she had nine nine kids yeah i'm one of ten yeah it's and, a big thing over there and to so do the that. hobsons and so they uh they're it's and now all my whole family lives in philly so i'm going to philly in like two weeks no 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 in a month i'm going to philly in a month Who, where i still out one show just from family uh, you have to yeah that's what I do. I'm working with Irera over Thanksgiving at he's Philly. Yeah, he's South Philly and West Philly. Oh, sh- oh yeah. I'm doing his podcast Monday. But oh, okay. Great. Yeah, I was, oh, I was I like, it. oh my god, did I just forget? <laughs> That's amazing because he's going to do the store podcast on Wednesday. So it's like we all flip flop, and yeah. I love that. <laughs> but wait, so um, yeah, tw- how many acres? Twenty eight. Wow. I want to say it was like it was like I, she sold it and they turned it into a subdivision. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I was it was in, massive. If you have nine kids, that's what you need. My mom had 10 kids and stayed in a row home, and that's not wow. what anybody needs. But that's so Philly. It's like this. <laughs> that's so Philly. Yeah, it's true. And with all those kids, and then we got a and dog. And you knew every neighbor on the street? Still, nobody moved except for me. So every my mom still lives in the same house I grew up in. My brother, Jimmy, lives up the street. Billy around the corner. You know, Who's the brother eat. you had that was in shape? So many. No, the one. Oh, that, the fighter, Jimmy. It was. Do you have a brother named Charlie? Charlie, yeah. Oh, Charlie's like muscly wait, naturally. No, what, wait, how do you say his name? Charlie. <laughs> like Charlie. His name's Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> but it's Charlie. Charlie, yo, Charlie. <laughs> I loved it. I heard that I, when I heard you on Rogan. Oh, all I heard Charlie. was all I heard was uh, when you said that. I, I, I can tell you where I was. It's so funny the little things you I remember in a podcast. Yeah. I was walking. Uh, across the on-ramp for the 170 over on, on Magnolia. Walking? I was walking. I was, wa- okay. I was taking a walk this on the podcast. Hi, I mean... No, just walking. Okay. Uh, I walk in the mornings. I drop the girls off school, and then I try to walk like three to five miles. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm People still People must be well. like, why is he looking? I know, but what's weird is I'm walking, and then I'll just start laughing. Is this because you're in competition with Tom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going to destroy him. All right. And so, and I heard you say that, and I rewound it, so all I remember is... Uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh, it's my favorite. It, it's like, uh, they took my finger, Charlie. Charlie yeah. <laughs> they took my finger. When the, I just watched that like three weeks ago. And the thing is, when they have that scene and they're playing stickball in their suits, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that in real life. Really? Absolutely. I mean, we play half ball in Philly, and a lot of people make fun of us. Um, but, like, I joke and say, oh, you guys could afford the whole ball. Yeah. But that's not why we play half ball. It's because the houses are so close together. If you hit a tennis ball with a stick, it could go through somebody's window. Yeah. You know, we got this much room on a street. It's tiny. Yeah. You know, everything's connected, and the streets are small. So we cut the ball in half, and it just bounces off the thing now it's harder to hit but when you hit it soars it could go over the roof so if you went on like all the roofs and roof and it's just that it's it's a it's a half of a tennis ball it could be a half of a tennis ball or a pimple ball i'm going way back you remember pimple balls no (laughs) really what's a pimple ball i don't know maybe we are ghetto uh (laughs) just there were like little rubber balls with bumps on them so we called them pimple balls good god (laughs) the second i knew you were from philly is when you said water Oh, water. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Said, you're like, water. And I, I was like. I try so hard to fix that, but oh, I. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. 
it, it goes back and forth for me because this is what happened like in Philly and when I was going to Temple University yeah. I was a lifeguard and we had a city pool across the street from my mom's house so I was taking American Standard English at Temple and then I'd go to my lifeguarding job and I'd try to practice so I'd blow the whistle and I'd be like Get out of the water. <laughs> Get out of the water. Who the fuck talks like that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, I'm in a pool in South Philly, Philly trying to kick out these little My idiots. sister and I used to emulate Philly accents because we grew up in Florida. So oh. we'd come up to Philly for the summer, and we'd hang out with our cousins, and our cousins were so much cooler. They knew, like, I remember the first time I ever snuck out at night. My, other, my, oh, my closest cousins, meaning, like, the ones closest in age to me, uh, grew up in Norristown. Okay. And so Norristown was a little hood back then. Yeah, I've driven past it. I don't know where it is. Really. It's sketchy. <laughs> and so, but I remember being like, I mean, I was the first time I heard about what the clap was. Oh. I, mean, I was like, I was like in fourth grade and I was like, <laughs> your, your brother's got the drips? What's that? It's just such a, it's so, so, so when you go home, is it like. Oh, it's chaos. It's and and I, Everyone's I, Eagles fans. Uh, Well, here's the weird part. We love the birds. Like yeah. the, we grew up by the stadium love the birds and now that some of my brothers are older they get on the bandwagon of that's our home team and i'm like dude i could show you a picture of you when you were 12 wearing la rams pajamas don't be yeah. a jerk off yeah. like because we loved whoever we like we like players so if we were what we have one television so i know a lot about sports because that's all we watched so uh and you have five older brothers you know what i mean i got yeah. nothing there was only one baby brother and one baby sister under me because i'm number eight out of ten so i watched everything Holy so cow, for me out of 10 yeah so for me when eric dickerson played for smu the pony express way back when he went to the rams i became a giant rams fan but yeah. my mom was so angry at me for being such a tomboy she wouldn't let me wear the you know rams gear or whatever so the boys all got it but i didn't get it but i have a great picture of them as kids like it's my brother jo uh, bobby and johnny in rams pajamas and oddly billy has a st louis cardinals really <laughs> and charlie's the only one with the phillies <laughs> and the mean edie in our stinky christmas pajamas were like hate being girls like yeah. just, we wanted to be a boy because we didn't know any better because they dominate it you know in our house yeah so uh but yeah i love i love the birds but i'm a big rams fan still to this day uh, we got, and i'm thrilled that they're here yeah we're going sunday i mean they really made me angry monday you're going mm -hmm. they're playing seattle yeah it's i know exciting um yeah we got my wife one of the cool things about my wife was like i remember one night a long time ago she was like we should get season tickets to something and become fans of something. And this is ah. a long time ago. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, let's see what we can afford. And we looked and we're like, at the time, we couldn't afford anything. I mean, I was, I, we couldn't afford anything. I was featuring on the road. And then she was like, well, whenever, if we ever get money, we should definitely do that. And then, and then you know, not to say that we have money, but the Rams came and she called my business manager right. and was like, can we afford this? He's like, yeah, it's a business expense, you know. <gasps> take it, you make sure that we Bert uses it for business, and so, wow. and so I signed up. I got season tickets, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Fuck, I know so many people that have season tickets, and I, I, I got two people that offered for this weekend. So yeah. I'm just waiting to see if who has the better. <laughs> oh, we got great. <laughs> who seats. has the better box? We got it. Oh, I don't have a box. Holy shit. Uh, one has a box, I think, and one doesn't. Really? Yeah. Well, I get around. <laughs> Good God.
God. Hey, man. So, okay. I'll be sitting there with Eric Dickerson and Marshall Falk being like, dude. That you've got. <laughs> I, I would saw, die. I, I saw the game. At the, the, Which we one? Went, what, what the you, game. The game. The rapper. The game. Uh, I saw him at a, really? at a, in, the, in the box with his whole crew sitting right there all in Rams gear. Snoop Dogg was with him. Oh, I love they, and they, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, the game. Yeah. It's so L.A. They're having the Red Hot Chili Peppers open for him this week. Oh, that's the awesome. Red Hot Chili Peppers are opening for the Rams. That's amazing. It's, he's so L.A. though. They're so L.A. It's Keita's is so L.A. He's it's great. It's so much fun. He used to hang at the store all the time. Love Did he him. Really? him and Rick Rubin constantly. And I know Rick um, from my first ex-fiance. I have a few of those. You said that. You, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. But I, my first ex-fiance was a booking agent. For comics, and he repped like Chris Rock, uh, Martin Lawrence, all these guys. But Chris and Ruben, they did an album together, or they were putting an album together, yeah, or something. Ruben produced Bring the Pain. I forget. Somehow we used to hang out a lot. I don't really? remember. Okay, so so let's so like, how did you get out of Philly? Uh, <gasps> running? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like hiding. Oh, you were in what? you were in track. <laughs> No, yeah. Get a scholarship. Not a lot of track and field yeah. on cement like that. Uh, no, but we, um, I, I, growing up, I was just a, I was an angry kid. I would fight a lot. I don't know why. And in Philly, like if you, if I have a fight with you, I got to fight with twenty of your friends, and then it just keeps going around and around and around. And it was like driving me crazy. And I was just like, I got to get out. I got to get out really? of here. And, oh, really? and um, at that point, I was twenty. Yeah. I was taking classes at Temple. I was trying so hard to just, like, I'd see people. I'm very good at learning from other people's mistakes. Yeah, I'm not. Um, you're not? Yeah. I, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm very I'm very good. There's a song. There was a, a Tool song. I think it's called Judith. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was hanging out with someone, and I was like, I was watching them fuck up and fuck up in massive ways. And I remember going, like, I don't ever want to be that guy. Okay. And, um... And then I, I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. But then I think sometimes I might be. Well, yeah, I think certain <clears throat> things are inevitable. Like, you know, we can, we fuck up. Naturally, people fuck up. But I'm saying like hardcore yeah. screwing up. And I mean, just everybody getting in trouble, different things, getting arrested all the time. It was just dumb. It was just dumb little city shit. And I was trying to grow apart from it, grow apart from it. But then it sucks you back in. Yeah. You get in a one little argument, something stupid. So, And I was taking classes at Temple. I was trying to – I was being a theater major. And I'm doing Shakespeare in a fee lawsuit in North Philly, so I feel confident, right? <laughs> it wasn't velour. I wasn't that yeah. wealthy. And then uh, – so I'm like playing a witch. I remember like just – and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> just, I don't know if this is for me either. Yeah. And then I wanted to audition. I was going to – I would go to New York all the time to get out of Philly and go – and they were awful like I would meet agents and stuff like that and like they would say horrendous things and I was like oh shit and then um somebody suggested LA so I went to this thing where I paid for three months and I give yourself three months to be in LA that's it was like we all lived in this house in the Hollywood Hills and they would have acting class I'm sure it was some kind of scam but 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 it still works sounds like it works and I lived right behind the comedy store uh, at, at, on Queens Road. Okay. At 1502 Queens Road. So my roommate and I, we would walk everywhere looking for jobs because I didn't even have a license. I was total hood rat. Like, 
you don't need Holy license shit. in Philadelphia. You know, you yeah. public transportation. Even to go to New York, it was nothing. It was eight dollars to get to New York. You know, yeah. you take a bus or you know whatever. It was nothing. Everywhere you can get, and then when you got back to Ninth Street, you just get on the subway and you're fine. You know, right back in my neighborhood. So I just you know out here, I didn't know it was all. You know, you have to drive everywhere. It's like yeah. the suburbs. <laughs> that's yeah. what we say in Philly. Like, oh, you have to drive to your neighbor's house if you live in the suburbs. And that's how it is out here. Oh, like, yeah. Shit. Like, if you have a play date, you have to get in the car and go to somebody's house. You know, you can't just walk down the street. It's crazy. Our neighbors are three blocks that way, and we only drive to their house. <laughs> so it's, it's so crazy because I go, we're going to. Why gonna... do we do that out here? It's I don't weird. Know. Well, you know what? It's because we're crossing a major. And like, yeah, I and, guess and the streets are bigger. Yeah. It's like, it's like. Uh, we, I was talking to the mom, and she said, we should let, experiment and let the kids walk themselves from one place to the other. And I went, fuck that. Yeah. My kids will end up with no clothes and a handful of magic beans. Like, uh, Dad, I think I got duped. <laughs> you think that? My kids are not. I'm like... I'm starting, you know to, I'm, I'm starting to have real concerns for him and be like, no. and be like, I think we need to get the fuck out of LA and move to Montana where you guys can just raise a goat. And like, <clears throat> like I said to my wife, I go, do you feel like they're getting stupider? Like, Stop I feel like they're getting, I'm, I'm not even fucking around. <laughs> and she was like, they're not go- like kids their age are growing up and my kids are not growing up. They're just not. And I don't know if it's, we've coddled them or we have, we've shelled them or we've, yeah. they just, they just are not growing up. They're really not growing up. I mean, we twelve I, and ten, and they're still playing with dolls and still believe in Santa. Wait a minute, twelve and ten—that's your fault if they believe in Santa. Uh, my that's mom, definitely my fault. My mom broke that quick early. <laughs> well, you shit hey, fucking hey, ten buddy. kids. I was regretted. I'm buying ten presents. Santa's dead. No. Santa's dead. He's dead. I don't care if you're crying. Get your shit together. We need work. You know, like <laughs> this, no way. But like, I tease my mom all the time that I still believe in Santa. I don't care what she says. She's lying to me. Yeah. Like for years out here, I'd go and take pictures with Santa and send them. To to her like yeah he's here you lied you know and she'd be like <laughs> yeah. you're an asshole like <laughs> so you bought but, so you bought this like you bought so into bought, this like yeah it was program three, yeah it was called the program actually which is so weird and um it was three months we lived in this big house in the hollywood hills it was a lot of people in there so maybe that's why it was a scam but i came from one of ten in a row home so i'm like oh this is luxurious. You yeah. can, wait, we have our own bathroom? What? <laughs> you mean my brother's not going to be peeing while I'm taking a shower? And one's going to be brushing their teeth? Or one's taking a shit? I mean, it was awful. That's how it was. You just, everyone, there was no privacy. Really? Yeah. Because like, there's no privacy in my house. And I hear, I hear people talk about that. And I go, like we, our, our house that we're doing, it was, it was two bedrooms, one bath. Is what we had. Okay. And so I, I used to make a joke, but it would offend people that didn't live in closed quarters like this. And I go, I yeah, if you, take, I go, if you take a shit in my house, it's a town hall meeting. Right. Like when, if you take a shit, like I had to start shitting in a Snuggie because my daughters will just walk in and, and start talking to me. Yeah. And I was like, and people are like, hey, you, you can't let your daughters be in the bathroom while you're taking a dog. But I'm like. No, that, that that's not. Well, I don't have that. I don't have that luxury. Yeah, if there I, is no. I don't know about that, but like how you did it with your daughters. But I remember doing that. Yeah, sure. And the, or like taking a shower. My brother Jimmy, I tease him terribly, but he'd be taking a shit. There's something wrong with him. And then Johnny would be brushing his teeth, but I'd be taking a shower, and Jimmy would start peeking in, and I go, "Really?" <laughs> 
And I go, you're not even offering me gum? <laughs> like, it's a you pervert. One brother taking his shit. One brother brushing his teeth and you're taking a shower. Yeah. How fucking tiniest, hilarious is that? The tiniest group. And I mean, I remember like, I remember taking showers together for a long time. Yeah. And then I worked with Kevin Brennan, you know, uh, Kevin, yeah, I know uh, Kevin Brennan. Fucking hilarious. Well, he's one of ten as well. Yeah. And so I was featuring for him at the Stress Factory, and I thought, oh, shit. Because I don't know him that well. I know Neil. Yeah. I'm closer to Neil, but. Which doesn't help in knowing, knowing Kevin. I know. I forgot. I didn't oh, know. Oh, I, I fucked forgot. that one up. Okay. I, I fucked that one up massively before. Well, I didn't. I, I Not like I said anything to Kevin, because I've yeah. known Neil all the years, and I've never even talked about Kevin, but um he was talking about he goes dude i never had anybody open for me that has 10 brothers nine brothers and sisters as well we're one of 10 you know and i'm like oh fuck yeah i forgot and he's like yeah we i didn't talk about it on stage but he said how he took showers together he does this joke he goes i used to do this joke about taking showers together and i thought they did that too i thought they had money because their parents i think his father was a lawyer i'm not sure something like that uh, they had money though yeah his dad I kind of I I've listened. I started he's listening. He's so fucking funny. He's he is so fucking funny. Well, I'll tell you what got me onto him. Kind of is one time I was working at the Parlor and Neil was there. Uh, I guess he was going on Aftermare, or maybe he went on before. I don't remember, but he was there. And afterwards, he goes, "You know what? You remind me of my brother." And I was like, "Oh!" And then when he left, I thought. Does that mean he doesn't like me? Like, yeah. I didn't know. But he met my comedy style because yeah. I asked him like a couple weeks later. I saw him. I go, what did you do? And he goes, no, no, your style, the way you guys talk. I was like, really? Yeah. So I looked him up and I was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Yes, I love this. This is yeah. perfect. Like, it's just throwaway. Kevin Brennan's not... the first person I knew. He's really funny. The first though. person I met. It's a very big in, compliment. In Thank stand-up. you, Neil. <laughs> oh, really? I, my uncle went, grew up with him. In the suburbs in of Philly? Philly? In yeah. Philly. Because they lived in the suburbs, so I just in the, They lived on the main line across from Leonard Touche. Who's the guy that owned the Phillies? Uh, yeah, uh, is that right? Yeah, Leonard they used to live yes. across the street from his house because my other uncle bought that house. Wow. My uncle bought that house and lived across from the Brennans. So my uh, one of my uncles said, I, I know Kevin Brennan. I went to, I think they went to Lister. Not Lister. What's the high school? Uh, Ken, a- Kendrick or Ken... Ken, oh yeah, one of the Kendrick. high. Sc- mm-hmm. They went to high school together. Wherever they went to high so school, so many great schools yeah. in Philly. You would think and, that, that people would learn more. <laughs> and then, and then my other uncle said, "I live across from the Brennans. Uh, find Kevin Brennan. Introduce yourself. Say you're John and Dave Hobson's uh, nephew, and he'll he's he'll look out for you." And so I went up to Kevin Brennan. And I said, "My name's Bert Kreischer. I'm related to the Hobsons. I know you went to high school with my uncle. You know your parents live across the street." I said, I'm getting into comedy. Can you give me any advice? And he goes, no, but the guy behind you can give you every bit of advice you need. And I went, really? He goes, yeah, let me introduce you. And he's like, Atel. He goes, talk to this kid. He wants to get into comedy. And Atel was like, get out now. (laughs) And I was like, this is at the closing of... Catch a Rising Star in New York. Their closing star uh, party. And... uh, but then I'd run into Kevin every now and then. He's like, oh, "How's it going?" And then, and then I started listening to his podcast. If you, yeah, my my uh, misery loves company. He's he's so good. First of it all, stinks that him and Neil don't get along. I know because he's so funny. Um, 
I mean, Neil's funny too. Neil's brilliant. Neil's That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's just amazing, like how that runs in the family. Like, I'd be maybe I'd be pissed if one of my brothers or sisters started doing stand up too. I don't know, but uh, I, I'm assuming Kevin started first. Oh, He's yeah. a little older. Okay. Oh, Kevin's Kevin started. Because uh, he started like, with like Attell and those guys. Yeah, oh yeah. And he's, yeah, he's Attell's favorite comic. Yeah. Uh, him at Stanhope. Uh, I mean, I'm just a big Attell fan. But yeah. like I've heard Me Attell too. say yeah. Kevin Brennan and Stanhope are his favorite comics. I believe that. Remember, I, I don't know if you were there for this one. Yeah, you, no, the night before you did the Comedy Store podcast. Yeah. When we all were in the basement. You remember that, right? Yes. Because you were drunk. The night and before was... Just me, Rogan, and Stanhope, and uh, Br- Brendan Walsh. Yeah. And Stanhope does this great uh, impression slash joke of a tells, and we were dying laughing. Like, it's so spot on. Like, you can tell he's such a fan, which is I great. Said something, I said something on stage the other night. You know what? I, I I have a theory I, uh, that like really great comedy, really really great comedy becomes your own. So yeah. like like really great comedy. My wife and I would commandeer, and it would become our joke. That was how we communicated. Okay. So my wife to this day will go, will say stuff like "boogly boogly, watch out!" <laughs> like like the does everybody get it? That's gonna get it. Like if we make a joke, like she will quote. David tells asides from Skanks for the Memories. Oh my God, that's and, hilarious! And same with Segura and, and Pajinski. They quote yeah. asides to Atel made, and I made an aside. I made an Atel aside on stage the other night, not even realizing it's Atel's. And I went, "Oh my God, that's David Tell's. And I was like, "I was like, oh my God!" Like, and I'm fucking totally owned it. Told the audience that's David Tell's. I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" Good. I go, yeah. "That's oh yeah." I would never. I'd never. I've never stolen a joke in my life, and I would never steal. Good. But I. But if I have, if I do come across something in an improv that is not mine, Yours, I, yeah, I go. I own it to the crowd. I go. I because I, I did that to Patrice one time. I did. Uh, Patrice O'Neill. Wow. I had. Well, I was friends with Patrice. Yeah. And I guess I heard him on a podcast, or maybe on a. I don't know where. I don't know where I heard him say it, but I know it's his. But I was doing this bit about I love, I love my wife, and then I went. I don't know if I love her more than I need her. I go. I need her more than I love her. I go. She loves me more than she needs me. She doesn't need me. She chooses to be with me. I. I have no choice. I need her. Like I need her for everything. And I started doing this bit, going. I don't. You. I don't love oxygen. I need oxygen. I love it. I love it out of necessity. And then I started going. Wait. I feel. I. This is. This is a really great bit. And then I was like, hold on. This can't – it's coming too It's easy. coming out too easy. Yeah. And I went, oh, this is a Patrice O'Neill bit. And I, on stage, I was in Columbus. And someone's like, Do you, are you stealing it? I went, no. I just told you. I'm I'm improving it. And I just realized it's Patrice not- had a, dog, a joke about about his dogs need him and they know it. <laughs> his chick doesn't know she needs him. But he ah. goes – and but his is so much better because he's like – because my dogs will look at me and go – I need help getting on the couch. I need you. Can you get me on the couch? He goes, all of a sudden, my bitch just sits on the couch. <laughs> bitch, you need me. You should ask to get on the couch. That's my couch. Like, but it's it's so much better the way Patrice it's so does Patrice, it. It's so Patrice, yeah. But so I, I say, you know, really great comedy becomes yours. In a weird yeah. way, you, you almost like, you adapt it. And it tells the perfect example. Me, I live with two lesbians when I first moved to New York. And we would commandeer Dave Chappelle all ah, the time I get like that. in our in our living area which is so weird for a comic 
Yeah. But like really great comics love great comedy, I, I believe. Oh, no, I agree. I, it just is harder for me to watch now. Like, it, again, 12 years of waiting tables, I could literally serve drinks on the beats of comics jokes. Yeah. Because there was few, very few comics. Like I used to say, if I can't quote them, then they're, they're great. Wait, I want to get to this part. I'm, I'm fucking side. I could literally talk to you for hours. I don't but, mind. But we're going fine. Okay. So, uh, but... Um, I want to get to this because that is one of the most fascinating parts. And I've heard Rogan. I heard Rogan talk about you before I met you. Like oh, I heard like Rogan. On the thi- yeah, because we used to. I love Rogan and waiting tables at the store. The thing is, is of course, you everybody becomes friends with the staff, you know. Yeah. And and I was so close with Mitzi that it was like I I understood what she. It was the comedy store. It wasn't the waitress store. It wasn't anybody else's store. It's the comedy store. So it's all about the comics. Yeah. It's not about the bar. It's not about the manager. It's not about any of that shit. These are the most important people. So this is what you take care of. Yes, you have customers. Do your thing. Whatever. But the show is the most important thing. And so I, I just always loved how she t- talked about comics and watched. And I'd sit with her during showcases and I'd be completely intrigued watching somebody destroy in the OR and she'd scratch their name out and I'd be like what the fuck what what kind of logic is that that guy just killed or a girl just killed and she too polished or she always had her little thing her little whatever it was so I like I was like wow he's and then I get to know the comics that she pick or whatever because they were there every night I mean one of my first friends was Dom Irera in LA then Carlos Mencia because he was there every night um joe rogan came in 94 dice one of my best friends i've known him since i started at the store in 93 because he could go do the greek theater or uh i think he did um what's the one i used to wrestle in the forum in inglewood uh so he was working at the forum and after the show he'd be on those back steps at the comedy store really yeah he didn't go party or nothing give a shit about that he gave a shit about getting up doing stand-up Going to so all they cared about. So they were around all night. And so you just hang out and you start goofing with them. And then it was almost like an improv class for me because in the kitchen of the comedy store, they'd all come through and we'd just fuck around. Like Joe Rogan and I had a bit that we did for years where he'd ask me for a quarter. Or, you, or sometimes it would change. It would either be a quarter or a stamp. And he'd be like, you have a stamp? And I'd go in my apron and then I'd just start digging and then I'd just pretend like I was masturbating. Like, <laughs> and he'd be like, do you have the quarter? You know, and i uh-huh. And it, it would just, so it was like you were goofing all night, you know? Yeah. And then uh, I remember Schubert, Jimmy Schubert, Carl Lebeau. He's a Philly guy. Oh, yeah, Northeast. Jimmy Schubert, Carl Lebeau, and Gary Valentine. We used to do this giant crazy improv through the kitchen and they would pick like the worst nights it would be packed yeah. i got a full tray of drinks and they're fucking around yeah you know like uh excuse me get out of the way and i'm like god damn it i gotta put the drinks down you know and jimmy's like yelling out i need a small hairless boy and a penis colada and like just <laughs> stupid shit yeah. you know cheese daiquiri i'm dropping eggs and i can't take it you know and he's just <laughs> yeah. making fun of the girls like all of us and then carl Lebeau would come with this fucking evil look like ugh 
you know, and just give everybody dirty look. Oh, he was so brilliant. And then Gary Valentine would take all the LA weeklies and run through the kitchen. How many? 24 right this way. And he'd drop them all through the kitchen. I mean, it was just so dumb. And that's what we would do. Like when people were like, why did it take so long for my drink? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of a sketch. I don't have time yeah. to give you a fucking drink. We're doing something back there. So wait, know? how did you, so, so how did you get the job? Thank the God we store? didn't have Yelp. Huh? Oh my God. <laughs> fucking Yelp. Well, the comedy store is such an interesting place. I'm curious to to like your opinion of the of the metamorphosis because like right now there was a period where the comedy store for me was like it was just like dark with and i was like and i remember going there and wanting to be in there so badly but being like there's something broken here yeah and i was like and i go i can't be a part of i can't I, I can't do that to myself and be a part of something broken or try to be a part of something broken because I don't think I'd respect it. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember Tommy wanting me, me, Earl Skakel talks about it all the time. Tommy wanted me to park cars. And I no, had a t- he didn't. I had a TV show. I had a TV show when I was touring the country and I had two kids. And I was like, what? He, wait, what? He wanted me to park cars. When did he say that? Like, he just, like- I, I, I called Steve, um, Steve, uh, Byrne, okay. Ahmed, uh, and I th- they I wanna, referred you, and, and I want to said- say Sebastian, but probably, maybe not. Maybe Ernst um, okay. referred me and yeah. said we talked. Oh, yeah, Tommy, give him a call. You had a show with Ernst or something. You were doing something with Ernst. I was, on, was, t- I, was I was on tour for. Uh, I think I was on tour for Jameson. I was on. I was on my own tour. I was doing the Young American Comedy Tour with Mike Young. And I was, and I had my oh, own TV show. Okay. And they were, and 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 I was, and I was disconnected. I was very disconnected. And I remember Steve Byrne, I love to death. Yeah. Pulled me aside and was like, "Hey, man, you like, I don't know if he said it this way, but this is how it came out to me. Was you need some friends? Like you, you're, you're a dad and you're working. I, it's still my problem. And he's like, you need some friends. You need to come by the store. You need to hang out of the store. It is your. Those are your friends. You don't have them yet. Yeah. But. Trust me when I say that is where you'll thrive. Stop going to the improv and getting involved in whatever fucking industry drama was there. He said, get out of it. Go to the store. That's where comics hang out. Yeah. I was like, yeah. We started playing softball. I started playing softball with all those guys. We'd play home run derby. It's my favorite and game then, in the world. Uh, mine too. And so they uh, they gave me a referral. So I called Tommy and I, I, remember, I remember where I was uh, outside Cabrea. Um, oh, on, on, La, on the, La Brea. Okay, the I, we restaurant. Used live, we yeah. used to live right next to there, and that was our oh, place. Okay. My family was in town, and we were going out. I was, I want to say, I was about to have my second kid, maybe, or maybe I, I forget. But anyway, I called up Tommy. I said, "Hey, uh, my name's Bert Kreischer. Um, I've, I've, uh, Steve and Ahmed referred yeah. me, and I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to start working that club. Uh, tell, please tell me what I can do." And he's like, "Well." First, you wow. know, yeah, wow. I what do color are you? What? And he's That's like, weird. He's like, uh, you, you I, this isn't how this works. You need to work your way up. <gasps> and I was like, honey, he's like, you need to work the door, or park cars. You need to. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I go, hey, I, I'm my, I'm, a, I'm like a, I'm a nationally headlining comic. Like I, I, I headline. And he was like, I don't. This is the comedy store. <gasps> and I was like, I was like, okay. And then he's like, you need to come. I'll, I, maybe I'll see you for two minutes or I'll see if Mitzi can see you for two minutes. I was like, okay. So he, was, he, oh no, he, he wanted me to do the, he wanted me to do like potluck Sundays or something. Yeah. Well, that's where Mitzi would showcase. Yeah. yeah that's so, normal. But and, and I was like, I was like, okay. 
And he's like, but, you know, after that, it's going to take a while. And I was like, okay. I go, I'm not looking for a job. I said, maybe we're in, I want, I'm looking to do stand-up. Yeah. And I, and I said, I'm already past all the clubs. I just would like to do stand-up there. So tell me. And he's like, it doesn't work that way. And I was like, okay. Then I've, I've, I've made the wrong phone call. And so I said, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. And I hung up. And he called, he called me back. And he goes, who am I talking to? And I went, you, you, I, I said, I've already passed. I appreciate the opportunity, but I've chosen not to work at that club. And he went, no, 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 no one says that. And I went, I was like, and he's like, you don't understand. And he started like defending the comedy store. And I went, no, dude, I totally understand. I'm just not going to be parking cars or working a door or, or getting in line for a fucking open mic. No, that's absolutely absurd. I, I go, I don't need the stage time. In my head, I'm like. I wanted to be like, I'm looking for friends. You know? I'm looking <laughs> Just for, looking for I'm friends. I'm looking for friends. Are you and, in charge of the friends? And so he said, you know, <laughs> That's he's awful. Like, and I remember being like, yeah, Earl always brings it up to me. Earl always brings it up to me because he was like, it was so absurd that he's like, that he wanted you to park cars. He wanted me to work the door, work the I would the have phone punched him in his face because first of all, that's the thing with Tommy. He would speak out of turn a lot like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, Mitzi found comfort in him because we hired him as a phone guy. And he would answer the phone and he'd sit up there all day with that goddamn guitar and smoking weed. And, you know, the comics were like, good, he's just working our shift. I don't give a shit. They hate doing it. They're just doing it, like you said, because they're brand new comics and they're coming up. That's why they work there. Not because, you know, they're already on the road touring in a national headlining tour and uh, they want stage time. That's crazy. So. He would be up there, and then Mitzi just started kind of getting sick a little bit, and she would call there a lot, and he was comforting her. So when Duncan took his leave of absence slash never came back, yeah. he was like, well, he was like, I'm going on vacation, and then he just never came back. Because it was hard to get out of there once you were stuck. Yeah. You know, with her, you feel bad. You're like, oh, I don't want to leave her. I don't want to. She needs, you know, she has a good way of manipulating. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, so. When Duncan left, they put one person in there for like a minute and then she just made Tommy. So it basically fell in his lap. So for him to talk to anyone like that, it was, it was, it was weird. absurd to me. It was absurd. But and he it was... really like basically adapted who she was and how she would talk to people. Because I've, I've heard her say some of the most horrendous things to people yeah. that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I don't, did you know Freddie Soto? Okay. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I apologize. I did not, but I feel like I do. Okay, that's I fine. I feel like I do. He's here. Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Uh, he's, that's <laughs> my best friend. I tease him all the time. Uh, whatever. I say that all the time. He's right here. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he, Freddie and Mitsu were really close. And a lot of times Freddie would host the potluck, you know, if he was in town or whatever. And it was like right before he was on the break of being a national headliner and all that he shit. He was fantastic. He was so funny. But Mitzi loved him hosting. So she would let him host. And one night we were walking her to her car and this young kid came up and um, he, he was like, um, excuse me, Mitzi Shore, I uh, just showcased for you. And you could see him with his little bag of dreams on his back. You know, like I felt nervous for him. I was like, oh no, don't. This isn't how this works. Don't talk to her. You don't try right? to catch a shark by, yes. by luring it in yes. with your hand. You put her on a hook. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Calm down. Yeah. And so he, he uh, you know, I just showcased for you, and I, I was just wondering if you had any advice for me. And we're standing in the hallway right outside the kitchen and because we were just walking out to the parking lot. And she, um, she he was like, do you have any advice for me? And she looked at him and went, I don't encourage mediocre talent. Bye. And we were like, oh. 
Like even Freddie, his little heart was Whoa. like, oh shit. And we were like, oh, okay, bye. And we just walked <laughs> out to the car. Oh but it was God. brutal. And like yeah. he would say things like that to people because he'd hear her say it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but she's on a different planet than you technically. She's yeah. on a different tier. She put a lot more work in. And, you know, maybe it's a little cunty what she said, but that's how she feels. Like, she truly felt. I saw the kid showcase. He did not do well. That's why I was sweating more for him because yeah. I thought, dude, no. This is not, not the for, approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but uh, she walked so goddamn slow, I couldn't get her past him to save his little heart yeah. as well. So. But Tommy would take that on and say that to other people. And I'm like, you can't. He would say it to like comics that have been at the store for a long time that things like we're not working. Uh, you know, you're just not what what's what works now. What? You can't say that to a comic that that's been around and done some great things. I understand yeah. if you think they're getting old or whatever. There's ways to weed people out. And that's fine. And it's awful. It sucks. It's going to happen to all of us. It's how it goes. Yeah. But you don't fucking say that. To, you don't kick somebody when they're down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those guys were down. That he would, I saw him do it, too. So I would argue with him. And then he would fight with me, like, stop bringing the old comics back. Because <laughs> when I started doing stand-up, I'd run into, like, certain comics that I loved when I was a waitress there. And I'm like, how come you're not at the store? And they'd be like, oh, well, Tommy's not giving me spots. And then i tell Tommy. And I'm like, Tommy, that's not the guy you weed out. Like, if you want to weed out this asshole, fine. This guy sucks. Get rid of him. He sucked when he was in his prime. Yeah. Fine. I don't care. But this guy, that's the wrong guy. Well, it's so interesting that you had such a, a, a discernible taste for good comedy. Yeah. That, that, I mean, which, which is so... Like it but seems if you like, watch it, seems it like every everyone that night. works at the store gets it, but he did, he just it was like almost like he didn't get it. Yeah, he got it. He just his power. He he liked to fuck with people with his power. Yeah, because he technically did have the power, but he was really just a phone guy. And so when people are like, <laughs> you know, Tommy's gonna, pa-, I'm like Tommy. Who gives a fuck what Tommy says? Yeah, like you, you you're talking about him like he's a person. Oh, it's not even real. I've had such oh my god. The, yeah. uh, I've screamed at him. I've I've put him in his place a million fucking times. I'm real sensitive to where I do stand up because I don't yeah. want like I don't. It's a lot of t- sometimes it gets very vulnerable, and I and I tell Every secrets. T- yeah, and like and I and I and I I put myself out there and it's sometimes I don't do well. And yeah, th- that's part of like part of growing as a comic is going. This may not go great. Like yeah, but I'm yeah. sticking with what I'm doing because I gotta like I. I can't like I could trust me when I say and I I mean I feel like this I I could go into the OR and do like and and do some very base stuff and try to destroy every time but I go that's really doing a disservice to what that club stands for Absolutely That club stands for like literally artistry like I watched Tosh go up and go do mediocre Yeah and I went that's cuz he's working that's the like that's I watched what it is that's Judd what Apatow it is. come up with notes Yeah and Rogan working out brand new bits mm-hmm. and i go that's you you don't if if you're gonna try to keep up with people like yeah definitely tell a joke to get a laugh first sure sure if you want to sure you gotta, and if, and you if gotta you weave hole, it in and out if you yeah. want if you get in a hole and you need a little do a little crowd work it's it's an art form yeah but like and so it, it's really fascinating to me that you know 
the entire the, the the place as a whole. Yeah, I like the belly room the best. Oh, the belly room's great. My, yeah. That's my favorite room. It's 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 really a great place. I filmed. I was trying to sell an hour. It's nurturing. And I did. I filmed up there, and it, it, you forget how hard it is with the uh, uh, mirrors yeah. filming wise. Oh yeah. And then. Um, but the I love the closeness of it, like that roast battle that brought, they do. It's beautiful because it's up there, you yeah. know, because it's so close, it's so small and intimate, you know, that it's it's perfect. Do when you think I, it's, do you think it's nurturing because that's where the women had, were maybe were, were first forced to perform? Well, you hear horrible stories like Mitzi would be like, they used to do abortions up there. I'm like, what? That's my act. That's not nice. <laughs> That's just my bit, man. You know, no, but she would say that, like, you know, they did abortions up there. So whatever. It was like all these old crazy stories yeah. that come with the store, which is awesome. But uh, she, um, they, she did. She put the women up there to get their confidence, and then it got so hot that the men were like, "Hey, fuck this. We want to go up there." We're like, oh, all of a sudden. But then it became, you know, everybody's room and it just became such a great place to work out. And uh, I I just I love it because when I first started as a waitress there, I was there was a little bar in the back. You can't see it anymore. You used to be able to see the outline. So there was a bar. They used to have their own service bar up there. Yeah. So like the girls would do it. So it was even smaller. If you will, really? like how weird is that? That's and crazy. I would ring my drinks in. There was a little computer up there, and I would ring my drinks in, and then go. We stopped using that bar like probably a couple years before I started, but it was still there. And then she finally took it out and put more chairs. But for a long time, the I think they got new rugs now, but you could see the outline of it on the rug. And I was up there one night, and I remember this was way back, like when I first started. They were doing a showcase for Brillstein Gray Entertainment, like not just Brillstein; it was still Brad and Bernie. Yeah. So Bernie Brillstein was at the comedy store. You know, he looks like Burl Ives, this big, yeah. beautiful man. Like I was obsessed with him, and I didn't know a goddamn thing about him because he was so nice, and him and Mitzi were so tight, and they did showcases all the time there. So he had this thing; it was like a new. Uh, game show it was called don't forget your toothbrush and he was showcasing comics or whomever to be the host so they had to come up and do these monologues and he had all these industry and he bought all the drink it was the best thing and i'd make bernie laugh and we goof and he'd make me laugh and he's like i want this girl to be on my sh-, you know with the- every time i yeah. come in here and i'm here i am real tight with what i think is burl lives <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't even have nothing, no interest in stand-up comedy. And I'm with the mecca, <laughs> the leader of stand-up yeah. comedy, if you will. Probably one of the greatest people I've ever seen to, other than Mitzi Shore, to watch comedy because the true form of, the true love for the actual form of comedy, it, you know, how you, comics in general and the artistry of comedy. Yeah. He had it. And so he'd come every night and watch. And the belly room was his favorite place really? to do showcases. He wouldn't do them in the OR because it didn't fail. It didn't give that comfort, if you will, to the comic. Like it didn't make him feel safe. Yeah. They, they felt like they were on a bigger stage or they felt like they were on a. And I'd watch these guys. I can't remember any of them, but. I never heard of them. They were their clients, you know. Yeah. So it could have been any. It could have been improv comics. Like, what are you doing in here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so wait, sweet. So, uh, so I, I, this 
kind of that kind of leads me to like an interesting question. Number two parter, but number one, how what what was the turning moment for you to stop waiting tables and get on stage? But secondly, how hard is it when you've been behind the curtain and yeah. you've seen the best of the best, and and you're with inarguably the Bernie Brostein and oh, and, yeah. and and Mitzi watching great comedy, and you're you're they are informing how their eyes, yeah, yeah, looking at it through their eyes, and then you go, I want to try it, and in a weird way, you're like, fuck, like like one of the great parts about when I started stand up is I didn't know what it was. I really didn't know how ah, to do it. So see, I was that's like, amazing. So I was like, I was like, and still to this day, I told a bit to the day. That <laughs> I thought I you were going to say still to this day, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> still to this day, I, I do. I tell, I'll do things. I go, this isn't like a joke. Like, oh, I don't this know what, real, I, see what you're I don't saying, know what like, this is. I don't know where the, I don't know why you're laughing. Yeah. I don't know where the laugh comes in. There's no set up punch, but like, this is just how I do it. And so. So, like, what was the... Well, I'll tell you, I quit the comedy store in 2005. Like, to be honest, there was so much going on at the store. Uh, I was going to move to New York. Polly Shore was filming Minding the Store, which I was so wait, is this, extremely is this, against. Is, but, this, is this before or after the Rogamencia? After. So were you there from Rogamencia? Actually, it was right before. It was right before? Because... I was not I just quit okay. when that happened because had I been there I'll tell you why I know it was after it, this is what happened so I quit in April yeah 2005 and I believe that happened somewhere like August or September Freddie Soto died July 10th 2005 now Freddie was like my left foot like he was just we were inseparable that was yeah. my best friend and uh when I got engaged. That's why I left the store. I was going to move to New York just to get out of L.A. I got crazy. But then I got engaged to Dice, which is a whole other story. And uh, uh, I stayed in L.A. So we got engaged. And By we the way, were... you blew past I got engaged to Dice. I know. I don't think I ever knew. I'm sorry. But, but, um, but I'll allow it. Okay. But, okay. but God damn it. Like, okay, so this is the even weirder part because we were together for like five years, right? Yeah. And uh, we broke up because I regained consciousness. Anyway, so <laughs> I always tell him that and he gets mad. But what happened? So we, we're together. We get engaged. Then Freddie, pa- we got engaged in April. And then Freddie passed away in July 10th. So I like lost my shit. And then 20 days later, I lost my grandma, who I'm super tight with, super yeah. tight with. And with my mom, a single mom of 10 kids. Obviously, I'm very tight with my grandma. You yeah. know, <laughs> somebody had to help. So now we, um, Freddie passes. I lose my shit. I hear about the Carlos thing. Right before Freddie died, um, he kept calling me. He was like, I'm fucking pissed. I was like, what's the matter? I don't know how to use a computer. I grew up in a typewriter store. He's like, I'm going to walk you through this. You got to look this up. So I go on the computer at Dice's. I figure it out. I look it up. I see the... Uh, fucking promo for mind of mencia is that what it's called yeah something like that so if there was five jokes on there four of them were freddie's top bits really and he was pissed he's like this motherfucker he's coming after me for jokes now i knew he stole freddie's jokes for years freddie would call me from the road in 94 
or 93, but Carlos was giving him money. So Freddie was like, fuck, he's not going to let me do these bits tonight. He told me he's doing them. You got to help me. How do we write bits? So I would fucking I give loved, him like. I would have loved Freddie Soto. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, he won't let me do these bits. Like, I, I mean, sweating. Freddie Soto. One of the greatest people in the world. So we're like, I give him like Ronnie Kenny bits because I'm like, nobody remembers Ronnie Kenny. I love Ronnie Kenny. He's very funny. So Freddie's doing fart and elevator jokes because Carlos is doing his whole fucking good shit. Yeah. So, and that's a real thing. That really fucking happened. There's no denying it. And so it happened for years and then Freddie got away from them. So he thought he was away and on his own and doing great things and that Carlos can't find him no more. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not going to be able to rape him. And, um, but he would never, if Freddie was here, he would never disrespect Carlos. That's just how he is. Really? I know he, cause oh, there's someone who stole from me that I won't do that too. Because he paid him like oh, to no, go on the why. road <laughs> when they were going on the road. Yeah. He was paying him. Freddie could barely afford anything. He was driving a postal truck Dude, that didn't go in reverse. I would have loved Freddie so. Yeah. So he his loyalty is to the guy who was putting food on his fucking table. Yeah. He's a little fat brown Mexican. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He needs his tacos. God love him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, part of me would love to lash out at Carlos, but I know Freddie would never want that. Right. So, so, so now move to, I, 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 you know, Freddie passes, my grandma passes. I'm going through a fucking hell. I'm getting all these calls that Joe Rogan lost his mind and flipped out on Carlos Mencia. And my other dear friend, Cynthia Levin, who used to go out with Freddie for a long time was in the showroom when it happened. And when they were like, you stole from this person, that person, this person, da, 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 and, and Cynthia was in the back and Freddie Soto. <laughs> like, Shut up. She was so angry, but they probably didn't even know yeah. that like she said is, that she was is, just so angry. Can I tell you, I was sitting in the store. Was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Was it, were we there Tuesday? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was in the store I Tuesday that night. Uh, <laughs> it was great. We, we all had rough sets. We all had rough sets. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to call. Adam I kept so saying this bit go. isn't working. This bit isn't working. All right. All right. Let's shift gears guys. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, and you're just losing weight. Oh, uh, it That's was, why you perform more at the store. You're going to beat Tom at this thing. That's, you know, you lose yeah. a lot of weight. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, no, I'm sitting in the back. I'm sitting in the back and I'm watching and I went, this is how little I know about the store. I went, hey, wait, was the Rogan Mencia thing, did it happen in the OR? In the OR. I always thought it happened in the main room. No, the OR. I always thought it happened in the main room. And I was Mm-mm. like, this happened in the OR? There was fucking Fire. 120 people in there? This It is- was packed. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And then I went, oh, so he brought him up as Carlos Menstelia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Everybody the OR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to walk past each other. Shut the fuck up. It was so great. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. Um, that makes that so much better. It makes it so much more intense. And so, so much my, more intense. Yeah, because for me, I know the OR. I know the store in and out. You know, so it was like, for me, I was like, oh, my God. Somebody finally fucking did it. And I swear to God. You knew was, what table Red Band was, was sitting at. Almost like, yeah. It was almost like. Yes, get him. Yes, because in my heart, I was pissed. But it, I can't. Like people say, oh, it was Carlos's fault that Freddie killed himself. I'm like, first of all, Freddie didn't kill himself. Yeah, he didn't kill himself. Second of all, no, it wasn't Carlos's fault. Freddie was an alcoholic and uh, fell off the wagon for the third time. So he was beating his body down. Yeah. He had fatty liver. He had all kinds of shit. How old was he? For, 35. 35? Yes, very young. I'm 43. I know. I know. Freddie Soto was only 40, 35? Mm-hmm. He would be 46 now. Freddie Soto is my age. Mm. 
a little bit older, but yeah. Oh my god, he was so much funnier than me. I thought he was. Like, <laughs> I thought he was like. I thought he was in his forties when I was watching him. No, he, he just looked his- that way because he would fucking beat himself up. I mean, he wouldn't sleep. He had the dark circles. He was, yeah, please with the shitting, the whole thing. What about so the many- shitting? Well, we used to weird. tease him about, dude, what's happening? How long? How long are you gonna be in there? And he's oh, like, really? I'm just waiting for it. Like oh, it would just God. be a thing. Because also, I'm t- tight with his wife. You know, she was the talent coordinator for a while at the store, really? Princess Corey, and then uh, their daughter is now fourteen. She was three when Freddie passed. So, oh my God, this is not cool. Yeah, it's uh, wait, not. It's so wait, not. Cool. This is going to sound silly. I've never asked this question, like, and I feel like you're. I feel like you are enough of a third party in this scenario. But what was Carlos Mencia like? Uh, well, when I, like I said, when I first came to the store, he was great. He was the nice guy. But I will say, I remember immediately. I was very new, and I was cleaning up in the main room. And I was cleaning up, like, the back section by the bathrooms. And this little guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he used to be, like, he was an asshole, too. So I didn't, whatever. He came in, and he hurled a bottle across the back of that room and hit the wall, like, right as you're going out, uh, if you're exiting the main room. And he threw a bottle, and it shattered. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, and I'm straight out of Philly, so I'm like, do I have to shoot somebody? What's happening? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was panicked, so I was like, what the fuck is that? And I realized that guy, I know him because he knows everybody. And uh, uh, he threw it at Carlos, and then he started yelling. And I was like, Carlos, why would he do it to him? Everybody seems to like Carlos. Like I said, I was new. I didn't really understand what was happening yet. And he started screaming at him, you motherfucker. You're doing so-and-so's bit. And I can't even remember who he was yelling. You fucking do that again. I'll kill you myself. You don't take his bit. And I was like, oh, shit. They're fighting over material. And then later, like when Rogan came one time, I'll never forget. And this was way before the fight. Really? Uh, we're in the kitchen. And now it's all coming out. Now I'm Freddie was a door guy. So me and Freddie were tight, you know, yeah. when I was waitress. So we were tight. We knew all, that's one all of the, the things, secrets. That's yeah. one of the things that I do regret. Uh, that that you know what Tommy wanted me to park cars. It would have been cool. Yeah, but you're not working with your peers. Me and Freddie were brand new. Me and Freddie were brand new at the store. So yeah, I mean Bob Oshak. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. You know what I mean? Like that's where our door guys, Bob Oshak. Then I went through a few, a little while with Ranazizi and Ari Shafir and all those guys. You know, Rick Ingram. So anyway, so you know, you work. Me and Freddie were working side by side. So then I started figuring it out. And then like I remember Carlos is in the kitchen and he had like a copy book in his hand, and Rogan came in. He goes, "What do you?" Why do you have that? And he's like, oh, it's a copy book. He goes, yeah, why do you have that? And he's like, to write jokes. And he's like, yeah, why do you have that? <laughs> I'm just putting, I'm garnishing my drinks like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, why do you have that? Oh, no. I can hear Rogan just, saying like a little that. candy, you know. But I don't get it. You don't write jokes. Why do you, you have that? You don't write jokes. Tell me yeah. why you have that. And, I, and Carlos just walked out. But he never, like, he never confronted him. So uh, Joe has never been quiet about this it just happened to get caught on tape one night joe's nobody opinion, has opinion, ever been quiet about it joe's opinion is 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 one directional in yeah, that yeah, it is yeah. it is joe's opinion and, and that's he, it and and he will tell you what he thinks and sometimes it may hurt and sometimes Too it may not sometimes bad. it'll make you feel good yeah. but, but it's fucking real i'm sorry i've it's heard him do honest. i've heard him do it on the podcast say stuff about guys he's like that guy's fucked up and you're like and you're like, what you're like, in my head, I'm like, I would have heard. And Joe's like, no, that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm learning that. My, my, my co-host, Rick Ingram, he's yeah. great at that. 
he's so honest and that's it. I'm not it. good at that. Yeah, I talk I'm afraid. Both sides of my face. Well, I don't talk. I'm just. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I will. I. I will. I have opinions. I. Here's what happened to me. And not. I don't. I don't want to talk about me. I, I'm, I'm bad at that. I'm bad at. I'm much getting much better at it. Okay, good. But I'm. But I'm. Well, I, I think, think you're a people pleaser. Like I'm like Freddy. that. I was like, okay, Freddy. yeah. Like I loyal. Ca- I'd call you and say I'm getting fucked here, and and then just do and then be like, keep fuck, I don't know fucked. what to do. I'm just gonna keep getting fucked. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep getting fucked to this day. Uh, to this day, I I'm I have issues with that where I'm I I just I have problem with confrontation. And I'm like, fuck. And so uh, I'm a, when you told me that Freddie said that, I went, wow, not yeah. only do I identify with that specifically in my life, but mm-hmm. I'm, I would have, I behaved the same way Freddie did. I was like, fuck, I'm fucked. Like, what do I do? And then you're like, whoa. And then he just drank a lot. And I was like, well, fuck. That sounds like a, yeah. sounds like me and him have a lot of the same cures. <laughs> well, I mean, he took a little more like pills and shit yeah. too. So you gotta be careful. Don't fuck that. I don't take pills. <laughs> yeah. They don't mix is yeah. what I'm saying. But anyway, so like I, after all that happened, I remember the Rogan thing. I was thrilled, Carlos. Fuck him, uh, because uh, yeah, whatever. But, but that's my own the, personal why tour, vendetta. Why did, the, why did the store turn on Rogan in that? Well, that that's the thing. Um, that's where it got lost because Rogan did the right thing. He called Mitzi the next day. He said, "This happened on your stage. I'm sorry, because but." This is how I feel, and this is what it is. And he was honest about it. Mitzi said, don't worry about it. Now, Mitzi, I know Mitzi very well. If if that happened on her watch, those two would have followed each other for the next couple of months until really? they worked it out. Because she didn't give a fuck. Really? Yeah. I mean, unless you were a terrible, really horrible person, whatever, she would... You know, keep you if a guy and a, a girl comic were dating and they broke up and they were fighting too bad, follow each other, and yeah. they eventually one of them would leave, yeah, so she was very much like that, but then it got but at that point the um uh, uh, it was being shifted, the boys were taken over, Peter and Polly were taken over, kind of Tommy had his hand in way m- m- too much shit, and at the time, Carlos had a show, Joe did not. And Tommy and I believe Paulie and them decided without Mitzi that we're going to keep Carlos. We'll just tell Joe to take a break for a little while. And then Joe didn't come back. And the reason and that that's that's where I say they speak out of turn because she would never do that. She especially to she liked like that. And now, uh, unfortunately, Carlos does. Take material. I've seen it firsthand. I've heard Freddie crying on the phone hours at a yeah. clip. You know, uh, this, he does do that. That is a thing. He has a problem. He's admitted it, right? Mitzi loved Carlos. She's the one that made him change his name to Carlos. His name is Ned. Yeah. When I met him, he was already Carlos. He was already coming up. So she met him. She just thought he was great. She loved his energy. Yeah. And then when it started getting heated and he was fighting with Eddie Griffin and Paul Mooney and whomever else was coming in that he was taking their shit. Yeah. It just, you know, she would make them work it out themselves, which is kind of not great on her part. Like he was stealing material and she should have. But she had a thing for him. Like she felt for him. She felt like he was this poor little. She called him a Mexican kid, but he was Honduran and German, whatever. Uh, it's just, it's kind of racist myths, but cool. But it was her visual. It was what she yeah. saw. It was how she saw him on stage and his little thing, you know. So he, she was obsessed with him. He that was her baby. 
Carlos. Yeah. So she would never have kicked Carlos out, and she would have never kicked Joe out because she thought Joe was absolutely terrific. Yeah. So she would have never done that. And they, I think the way they handled it, they fucked it up. Tommy fucked it up. Tommy went with who has the more credits, and that's not good. But anyway, to get over that and back to a year and a half later, after Freddie started, uh, uh, Freddie started, Freddie passed, I started stand up. And so wait, before okay. After. Once again, you glaze over like so. Before you and Dice break up. Oh or? yeah, gla- no. Di- okay, so Dice and I get engaged in April. I fuck that relationship up real bad, and by New Year's we call off the engagement. <laughs> but that's because I'm going through turmoil. I can't you figure said, it out. You, how many how many times have you been engaged? Only twice. Okay. But I heard I, you one I, time I, say, I just can't close them. Yeah, I'm not a closer. I'm not a closer. Andrew gets mad when I say that. Like, uh, oh, my first ex-fiance. That's why I started saying it. Because he's like, I don't care. I'm not a, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not jealous. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. So we, uh, a year and a half, almost two years later, I started doing stand-up. It was 2007 in February. So it's like a year and a half after that. Yeah. Uh, and he... Um, I was do I was doing a one woman show is what I thought. Like I'm gonna tell my story. I'm gonna tell stories about my family because people are like, you always talk about your family, tell these stories, blah blah blah. You should do stand up. And I'm like, well, I'll do a one woman show. So I called Mitzi. I told her what I wanted to do. Do the belly room. It'll be great. So it's okay. So I went somewhere else first. Came to back and then because I kept saying one woman show, she was on my side. And then uh, Dice came to see it. And he's like, you're doing stand-up, stupid. That's, you know, that's not. F-. And we were already broken up. He was seeing somebody else. Like, but you guys are still friends. Yeah, because that's just how I am. And he has two kids that I absolutely adore. And yeah. he had full custody. So I am very close with them. Yeah. So it's kind of like a marriage-ish, like whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still, I'll be with them right after this. So <laughs> I love the kids. They have an amazing band called Still Rebel. And they will be at OzFest this year. They're fucking awesome. You would love them. I've heard. Uh, I've still rebel. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan oh. of Dice, and oh. so I've heard the kids. I've heard the kids on, uh, on, uh, the, on. I think on the reality show, or maybe the TV show, or or like or yeah, they or were on Dice on this the podcast year. or something. I've I've heard them yeah. on podcasts before. Yeah, they were on Rogan's Max. too. Yeah, Max is an amazing and drummer. drummer. Yeah. Like a fucking yeah. Like I'm like trust me when I say like. It's it's Obsessed. all of this is really weird for me in that and I had a comment some guy wrote me an email today and he's like dude I saw you commented on a video on YouTube I went yeah and he goes that's fucking crazy man why like I don't know I was like I was like I was like he was like that's you're like a real fan of comedy was, <sighs> and I was like yeah I'm fucking like I legit yeah. am a fan of comedy I've, I'm a f- I'm a fan of Dice's. I'll always be a fan of Dice's. That's I'll awesome. always be a fan of Rogan's. I'll always be a fan of Joey's. Yeah. I'll be a fan. Oh, I'm fascinated by the by the. I'm a fan of podcasts. I listen to fucking podcasts. Yeah, when you said you listen to Rogan, I was like, wow, that's awesome. I mean, I'll listen to a few here and I there. To all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I'll. It's you know. I mean, the but first again, time, I pick first things time I up, so in, I got to be careful. I'm a, no, no, I'm no. A, I don't listen. I stopped. I had to stop I'm listening not, to Bill yeah. Burr's. Yeah, especially Burr, because I really identify with Burr in that we're just these angry little Irish kids that just feel like hitting something. So a lot of the times he'll say things and I'm like, "Uh," like he retweeted something this morning and I almost had a heart attack that my name was in it. Even though I I know Bill, I just, I still get, I'm still a fan. 
Do you know what I mean? I, like, I, I'm a fan of Bill. Bill and I went and had drinks uh, the other a little while ago. Uh-huh. The other night, I guess, but I don't know, maybe a month, two months um, ago at uh, the Rainbow Room. And uh, I love that. Part. And uh, I, I was like, I was just sitting there, and I was like, uh, and we're talking, and in my head, and Bill, and Bill said something really sweet. He goes, I can't believe. Can't believe I'm having drinks with the machine. And I was like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, he's so sweet. I was like, Bill, like, for, for I've known Bill for a very long time. But then he started like talking about something that was getting him upset, and I'm starting going like this. Any fan would be losing their shit because you can almost hear him working out the bit. Yeah. And then he takes yeah. him on stage and destroys with it. And I was like, I was there when he came up with that. Uh, like I was there sitting there just listening. But like, yeah. So I'm a fan. So when you talk about. It's the hard. Dice's yeah. kids. I know who they are. They know, have no idea who I am, but I definitely know who they are because I've listened to them on They're Rogan's podcast. So amazing, and I, I couldn't be prouder. And then the last two weekends we were in Vegas working, and the kids were opening, so yeah. we had the kids, and then we have to follow music. You know how That's fucking tough. hard that is, but it was actually I didn't. We put wheels in front. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we threw him in in the front. He did five minutes, and then I did, and then Dice. So it was a really long show. So but wait, so 2007, you do the one woman show. Dice tells you you're so doing do, stand up. Yeah, so he's like, you're doing stand up, stupid. And at the time, we had that VH1 show, uh, Indestructible, or no, not Indestructible. It was the reality show. Yes, I saw that. And I can't think of right. I was his fiance. That was me. Uh, that was so funny. Yeah. I, yeah. And they, you saw how young the kids were. I mean, yeah. those were like, I love those kids. And so anyway, uh, now we had that. So he's like, come on the road with me. We'll promote the show. So I go from the belly room where there's six people to the Wells Fargo Center. That's that's almost like that too doesn't make fast. sense. Like it's so hard for you well, because uh, you're... and then at the Wells Fargo Center, I killed. I was so happy, proud of myself. Like what? Because yeah. Dice kept saying they're going to know you from the show, and I was so proud of myself. Like I was brilliant. I was this brilliant new comic. Yeah, guys, I know what I'm doing. It's and so then we hard. Flew, it's, it's we fucks. flew to New York, and I opened for him at the Westbury Music Fair, <laughs> and they booed me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't brilliant no more. <laughs> it's it's, well, it's it's so weird because they humbled is, me real quick. It's it's like uh, it's like your your path has to be your path. It has to yeah. be your path. You don't yeah. get to, you don't get to choose it. It's your path. But I'm knowing from my experience how hard it is. Yeah, I'm like this to, is too easy. No, yeah. no. And then I got humbled real quick. And then and then to go <laughs> back into clubs and go and like oh. I remember the first time I, I, I had been touring with a guy um, and he was. Uh, it was sold out sh- shows, so I had to, my pacing for the whole time we worked together was like say the sentence, laugh here, <laughs> say the sentence, laugh here, and then I, and then I remember going and he- when I started headlining, I'd say the sentence, and I was like silence, Ooh, say another sentence really quickly, okay, panic, let's order a drink, oh, like boy. and I and it, and I had to learn, and even still, and that's what I love about. The comedy store is that even if even if you get like Rogan fans there who know who I am, they're still comedy fans first, and they're like, no, 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 it's got to be funny to get a laugh. Absolutely. Like at the in the OR, you can take I can take a bit that works on the road. Like I did that bit this weekend, this the other day about um, which is brand new about making my daughters cry, and it killed on the road. It killed on the road because I just talked about it on a podcast with Fitzsimmons. So, so it was, everyone it, it was, was fresh, like, yeah. oh, he's telling that story he just told Greg. Oh, yeah, how yeah, fucking yeah, cool yeah. is this? And then I'm like, and then I take it in the OR and it's like crickets. 
And they're like, you make your, t- your kids cry? What are you, a jerk off? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I fucking am so angry right now because... What? Because I have to fucking go to this meeting and I could... I literally... Could, no worries. I we could feel like I feel like I'm not even scratched the surface. You're of this not, conversation. but I will tell you this: if you ever have, uh, I know, does Ari do your podcast? Yeah. Okay. So the next time you have Ari on, have him tell you uh, one of the best Freddie Soto stories, or one of uh, let me. I shouldn't say the best Freddie Soto story, but it's like our favorite. Uh, maybe not Ari's, but it's certainly every other employee at the comedy store. Really? Because Ari was, uh, I could follow anybody here. I could, you know how you get cocky and confident. Yeah. He's like, okay. And it's the OR and he, they make a bet, you know, and Freddie goes up first and fucking destroys six people, <laughs> six people screaming, laughing. He got them. And then he was, Ari, you're next. <laughs> Ari went up and just ate shit. Really hard as shit. Like Steve Brown is easy. He'll tell the story, and you'll have tears coming down because we all sat in the pack. Really, and just watched this piece of shit, Ari. Oh, <laughs> because Ari was cocky, which I love. Yeah, his confidence is amazing. But we love to fuck with him. You oh, know, fuck yeah. And so he was like, yep, "I can follow anybody." I don't. Yeah, I see that. I, I I can see him say that. Ari does Ari does a weird thing where he's like But he's, Steve breaks down the bits that Freddie did and then he does Ari's bits like how he like they remember it so oh, vividly cuz I was waiting tables. So I, you know what I mean? I was going in and maybe out. Maybe I'll call Ari and I'll end this <laughs> with that cuz I yes. just I just got a thing to do prank calls with the girls yes. for my podcast. So maybe I'll give him a call and have him do that. Yeah. I'm going to post this today. Oh, killer. I'm posting this oh, today. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to uh I've been wanting to talk to you for so fucking long. No, I'm so excited. I mean, your this name is, was like awesome. the first name I heard. Like when you, I was, a, I told you I was a big fan of Rogan's podcast, and I'd hear him talk about you. That's yeah, hysterical. She's doing stand up. I'm so great. She's the funniest person that ever. She, it's a person that should have been doing stand up. And I was like, yeah. And in a weird way, I was like, I knew little things about you, but I just knew, I just knew you as a silo, as like the one. Like oh. I didn't know anything. I didn't I, when. You say you were engaged to Dice. I was like, yeah, yeah. I knew you're friends with Dice, and I knew you toured with him some, but I didn't realize, oh, yeah. shit, I watched that show. I totally I totally fucking knew who you were before you, I knew who you were. Right, right, like, right. And it's so, it, it's just so uh, – it's. I mean, I, I it's wish – It's like I can't think of the name of the stupid VH1 show. Undisputed and Indestructible was the special. Undisputed, maybe? Dice Undisputed? I don't know. I can't I remember know. the name of it. I, I want to do another one of these. Yeah, let's like, do, yeah. Let's let's set up a time and do another one of these because I do feel a like part two or yeah because I mean this is I, I said to you I was like I got a meeting at I, I was like I have a meeting at one and a phone call at nine thirty let's do eleven and and it literally was this morning I was like I should have done fucking ten, like. 10 right after my oh, 930 call i would not have made 10 yeah you were like first you were like, of all you were i like, was how morning is morning i was like i was like i'm up at six dude i went on at the store last night at 12 45 so yeah that's the hardest part is juggling yeah being so a grown-up like, and a comic mm-hmm. like because i talked to fitzsimmons about it i, I still like, get the late night spots so yeah. i'm trying to you know move down it's, well, to the good hours with, these but, days these days any you know i mean but if you look at those lineups there's the store, so much i want to fucking talk to you about i'm just so excited to be part of it <laughs> me too mm-hmm. i'm yeah hey, i don't listen. care if i go on last l- i'm l- making it the fucking best of the last i don't care i fucking am so happy to be a part of that room yeah a part of that club because it 
is like last night I was coming home from my meeting and I was like, Ooh, I think I might stop by the comedy store, have a drink. And I was like, that does not end well. Like, especially I go, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It do doesn't. not just start going there to drink because that like, and I was like, or if you do, don't like, let's, let's slow roll this. And I was like, you know, go, let's do some Got spots it. first yes. because, because it's so much fun. It is fun. And it does. And then you, all of a sudden you're like, fuck, it's three. I think I got home at three last night. Yeah. Because there was these Iceland chicks and it just got weird. Oh. But we had a good time. Um, there's so much more. Iceland, let's, let's... Croatia. That was what was in the audience last time. Croatia. Who the fuck comes here from Croatia? I wish, you know who I wish worked at the store was still alive is Patrice. Uh, I only saw him once at the store. I gotta mm. be honest. I don't. He may have done more than that. He was, but I only saw him once. But I know his work, of course. He was. He was. He was the same. The, the seller and the store are both. Yeah. Places like, like, like I, I passed to the seller when Manny was alive. Uh, with Marin. Marin was at the table. Marin. I was going in to do Marin's show. Uh, never mind for the buzzcock. Never mind the buzzcocks. Okay. <laughs> and Barry Katz got me a set at the seller. I went up, I had a really great set, I got off, and Manny was like, I was, I, I always tell the story so, I always tell the story the same way because it's so funny, because it's so me, but yeah. I go, Manny came up and he was like, Bert, I like you, you could work here, and I remember we told him that one time to Pete Corielli, he goes, Manny didn't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> of it like why would manny have a fucking accent but it's like even when i do tom i would do tommy's voice i do barry katz's voice it's like not what he sounds like but i know he sounded like something but manny just said you know hey you're you know you're very funny call sd if you want to do spots and i went i literally said to him if i didn't have a tv show right now i'd move back to new york this is my goal my goal was to be passed at the cellar so i got passed but i lived in la i was like manny this is the greatest thing this is my wife, Leanne. Oh, I want to meet her. Um, she's not having a good day. Uh, oh. You can see it in her eyes. Do you want me to help her? Mercury's in retrograde. Hi, how are you? Mercury's in retrograde. Hardcore, Stop what's that. going on? Hi, we're just wrapping up. How are you? We were just talking all kinds of crazy stuff about you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm just talking about you. Okay. okay. All Do right, you need cool. help? I can help you. Um, oh. Okay. We're doing laundry at a laundromat. It's pretty aggressive. Where? Which one? No, I'm kidding. No, it's it's, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. it's sketchy. Well, I'm obsessed with laundromats. There you go. I like I like laundromats. Right. I got to roll. I got to go okay. to this meeting. Eleanor, we're going to schedule this to do another yes. one. Yes. I'm releasing this today. Do you have anything to promote your podcast? Uh, my Comedy Star podcast, yeah, with uh, Rick Ingram, who does yes. a terrific Tommy and a terrific Argus Hamilton impression yeah <laughs> we do it a lot uh yeah the comedy star podcast and i'll be in long beach at the gas lamp with dice on oh, the first nice. and then governors the week after that with dice so well i appreciate you doing this thank you this for is, having me I, this I, is and awesome we're gonna schedule yes. another one because this i'm not i haven't even scrapped right now there are people pissed and i will get negative comments on twitter going dude an hour 20 are you shitting me uh, like, well we'll do a part two it'll yeah, be we'll killer. do a part two yeah. um thank Good. you thank you thank you This episode was brought to you by The Machine.